welcome to the 267th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on January 12th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who is a firm believer in antibiotics, Carlos Rodella. I am, but why is that a thing? Because you got syphilis on your sex tour of Northern Europe last week. Oh, I did. And now you're all better. I am all better. I see, I have to yes and because I'm an improv, but I don't want to yes and that at all. <laughs> all the pipes are back in working order, buddy? Yeah, not really, actually. Oh, man. Okay, one or two more weeks, you're going to be right as rain. Trust me. Well, pre-podcast, just to get into real life stuff, I do have like intestinal issues, and they are not back in working order. So thanks for bringing that up. Health at the beginning of a show. Well, I was trying to play it off like you got like a venereal disease, but if you want to get real, I mean, I guess we can get real. So. Right. It's more <laughs> funny if it's a venereal disease. Well, maybe not, actually. Anywho, by the Anyhow. way, you just said 2022. This is the first show that I've been on uh, of the new you know, year. Yep. Brand new year. New month. New year. New day. Boy, tw- 2022. You know, all those movies that were like from the 80s and 90s, whenever they said a movie in the future, it was always like. 2008 right 2000 i just watched a movie like last week where it was like 2014 and i'm like wow uh not only are we nowhere near where people thought we would be the shit that we're living with now is 10 times worse than even the worst shit that they thought we'd be living with back then so it's just clunky it's not even like uh dystopian in the way of like robots are roaming the streets it's just it's we are terrible and we are now realizing that we are fully terrible so it's just a mirror 2022 just a mirror back at us going like this is what you're doing yep and it sucks anyways i was gone for a week uh i listened to the podcast it's nice to have your wife on the show thank you yeah it was good to have her on and uh you know she was uh willing to uh, step in at the last minute uh, to cover so that was great big thanks to my wife uh gina galloway for last week if you didn't Catch that episode, give it a listen, and uh, see what my wife had to say. In the beginning of the show, though, it did start out as the Oatcast, and we talked. It was to, yes, talked a lot about got, oats. You know, I really feel very strongly about oatmeal. I feel like it's the unsung breakfast food. I feel like it gets a really bad rap in America because no one likes to, no one knows how to cook it, and therefore no one really likes to eat it. But man, oatmeal is just like the best when it's cooked so good, and people just don't know how. I like oatmeal in my cookies. So oatmeal cookie, anything, I'm in. That's I mean, I, I love oatmeal cookies, too. That's that's a really good place for your oatmeal to be. But it's also really good in a bowl. Trust me. All right. Well, this is not going to be the Ocast 2. This, I mean, we are starting off. We're starting you already off had the Ocast, Ocast. Yes, too. yes. Um, but I was gone for a week. I was um, safely with an N95 mask, boosted, uh, etc., in a very small area of CES, of all places. Uh, I did go down there for a gig so I could pay my rent. So it was sure. very important to do. It wasn't just like a fun thing. It was a work thing. It was also fun. But uh, yeah, so I was down there for a week, so I couldn't be on the show. Uh, I did see a bunch of tech, a lot of food tech. Uh, by the way, and this is real quick because it's a food thing, and I know you like talking about food a little bit. Um, I had the best vegan cheese. Really? Vegan cheese? Now, you're not a vegan, are you? No, but I don't like like cheese and my system, as I alluded to earlier, don't get along. Um, okay. are getting along less and less these days. My intestines don't like it. So I'm excited about anything that's fake cheese, but normally it's pretty garbage. Like, you know, I can't have it. I think it's just sure. the grossest thing. 
So this is a company, um, they're called Armored Fresh. So don't forget them. Uh, they originally have a bunch of products out in Korea and overseas, and they're not here yet, but they're bringing stuff over. And I was able to taste um, not only just the regular cheese they had, that was kind of like a cheddar, but then they had some mozzarella. And I guess they already had pizzas out over there. But I'm telling you, it's cheese. Like, it's just cheese. It just tastes like good cheese. I mean, that's cool. It's always good to have options for people who need it. And I'm not, uh, I, w- I will not turn my nose up at a vegan meal. I mean, I'll eat it for sure. Although I am not a vegan and I don't really lean that way. But if someone served me vegan cheese, I would certainly eat it. So it's good to hear that there's some nice tasting stuff out there. Yeah. Anybody just Google Armored Fresh. I think some of it's out now or it's, it's coming out soon. Um, check that out. Also saw the Android that you might have been seeing making the rounds on Twitter and stuff. There's a, a full on Android who has you know, weird facial animations that look super real. Um, and is that, is that the one where they were booping its nose or is that a different one? I don't know what that clip you're talking about is. There was a clip where they were, they were booping this Android's nose and it was, um, pushing the person's hand away. Like it didn't want to be booped. It might be that one. There was also this mouth. I don't know if you saw it. They tried to like give an Android vocal cords and they attached it to a mouth. Uh, to try to get it to approximate human speech. And all it ended up doing was like screaming in horror the entire oh, time. Geez. It was blood curdling. It was so scary. Now, this one was very civil and it was it, it was programmed in with some AI so that people could go up to it and be like, hey, can I take a selfie with you? And the Android would be like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then it would smile for the picture. It was crazy. Interesting. Um, anyways, I saw a bunch of tech there. It was interesting. And the last thing I'll say is, for the video game podcast that we're on, they uh, Sony announced their PSVR 2. I heard about that. Yeah, and the new controllers they showed off, um, they said they're going to do a partnership with Guerrilla Games to do a Horizon uh, something DLC, like oh, yes, first-person yes, yes. Horizon game. Yes, 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 I heard about that. And then the uh, there's going to be eye tracking in it, which is actually very helpful for VR, and rumble in the controllers and rumble in the headset which I thought was interesting. Oh, wow. That sounds extremely unpleasant. I don't think I would want that. (laughs) If they do it right, like haptic feedback is only, remember, in the very specific parts of the controller. So, you know, imagine it's raining and all of a sudden you get the raindrops actually on your head. I mean, maybe. Might be cool. You know, everybody who listens to this show knows I'm not really down for VR, but my son, uh, who just turned 12, uh, will be 13 this year. Uh, he's very interested in it, and I think he's interested because his friends uh, both have. He has two really good gaming friends that he goes online with, um, you know, because we do COVID now. So everybody just like gets online when you see your friend. You don't really get together anymore. Um, and he, his, both of his friends do VR, and they say that it's great, et cetera, et cetera. So he's kind of like gotten on fire about it. He's put in a birthday request, and I'm like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. We'll see. I haven't decided either way, but I'm. I, personally definitely not on the vr train i don't think i ever will be i just just don't have the interest man it's fine it's it's coming and you can't stop it and you will you might could never use it if you don't want to but it's going to be like phones at some point so i think it's just going to be ubiquitous uh, i don't know man i don't know i you know it's interesting that you bring that up because people were kind of talking about um the alexa things you know those little what do you even call like household assistants or what yeah, do you even yeah. call that kind of thing and, you know, they were there's a number of articles recently that were saying they're kind of dead, like they kind of dead ended and people don't use them. They use them for like, you know, I don't know, Alexa, play the Wiggles or something when your your kids are in the room, but they don't really use them for anything else. And they thought they were going to be like the next big thing and everybody's going to use these. And it was going to be like an integral part of human life. And they just it just kind of fizzled. 
And I kind of wonder if VR is kind of on the same track where it's, it's good for like one or two things, but I don't know that we're all going to be like jacking into the metaverse to go to Walmart to buy white bread and VR space or, you know, like, like people are thinking it's going to be, I don't know. Well, I, I'm not sold, not sold. The, the, the two things I'll say to that really quickly and then we'll get to housekeeping is um, obviously with meta slash Facebook spending billions of dollars on it. Uh, it kind of creates competition and then other companies also spend billions of dollars. And when you have anybody spending tons of money on a, a platform, um, it starts it starts to you know move the needle in that way. So there's a lot like of money NFTs. In yeah, NFTs. But there's no really money that you have to like spend to make an NFT. They're basically but just, they're trying to make it happen. They're trying to move that needle. Okay, I can't I can't make them comparable. Like NFTs and VR. <laughs> also, because you don't really use it, and I've been using it since it's been invented, I think. Sure, sure. And when you do use it, again, you you experience a really, really cool um, gaming experience or, you know, whatever. Like, the things that you see advertised, a lot of it's bullshit. But the things that are fun are still fun. Like, they're really cool experiences. So I think it, as the technology gets better, that's when we'll really see if it can take off. Because it's got to be glasses at some point. It's got to be contact lenses or something that works it's not cumbersome right. so you know right now it's still always going to be a little cumbersome but it, that being said my quest 2 no wires it's pretty damn good like it's i don't i only use it for an hour or so i'm gonna put it down and go maybe i won't ha- use that all the rest of the week you know but it's it's something so well, anywho fair enough we shall see we, we shall see, see. All right. Well, um, we I guess we kind of like already started housekeeping kind of by default there, but I guess uh, we will just reiterate to everyone listening that we do share virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. We kind of already started unpacking your side, and since we're here, I mean, let's just keep it going. What else do you got in your side of the house, Carlos? Well, uh, one of the boxes that I just opened up before this podcast was the day before is a new game coming out, and I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on the show, have we? The day before? No, yeah. it's not ringing a bell, no. So I've been following it for a little while. It's a small team. They're making these huge claims that they're going to make this massive open-world division-type game, but with zombies. So, right, the day before, obviously, zombie outbreak, et cetera. So okay. the trailer just dropped today, today or yesterday, and it looks incredible, and it's like such a small team, it's baffling that they pulled this off. So I just thought I'd bring it up for our listeners and for you to check it out. Uh, day before trailer it's out right now and it looks like the division with zombies um really really hyper like realized open world of new york city so i mean that might be interesting i feel like the division is a good idea in general um and i put a lot of time into the division um the first one i mean uh my wife myself and former uh co-host Corey motley like we were a three-man team for a long time and when we finished the game and we really enjoyed it um in certain ways um but it just it kind of didn't go the way that we wanted it to go. And the vision two kind of lost us pretty quickly. But that idea of maybe getting together with people, having a base or kind of doing open world stuff. I mean, maybe, maybe zombies would be a better fit for it than, than other, you know, quote unquote human enemies perhaps, or maybe if they focus a little bit different. So I'm open to it. I mean, I'd I'd be interested to check it out. Yeah. Check it out. And uh, yeah, it wouldn't be, hopefully like zombies won't be bullet spongy. It doesn't look like they're, you know, which is the divisions. I think uh, downfall in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so check that out. Uh, one other quick thing and then a bigger thing. The short thing is um, I'm really, really excited about tonight. I'm going to finally start uh, Eternal Radiance. So what this is is a visual novel with an RPG. So as, as um, a lot of listeners know on the show, and you do too as well, I've been trying to find the visual novel series that I'll be into, 
right? Like yes. which one's going to yes. be the one? Well, this is it. Like I can already tell because I've watched enough coverage on it. And it basically, it's visual novel with, you know, a lot of different interactions and a lot of dialogue, but then you do action RPG stuff and then you go back to the talking. So what a cool mix for Carlos. Interesting. What is the title of this again? Eternal Radiance. I have it on my wish list. It comes out in three hours from this podcast. PC, I assume? No, 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 no. PlayStation. Oh, really? Yeah. And I don't know if it's Xbox as well. You can look it up. I know on PlayStation, it's literally in my queue. It's waiting to get downloaded in exactly four, three, four hours. And I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at pictures of it. Number one, really anime. It's too much anime for me. But like what? I guess it's looking just like an action RPG. What is the visual novel aspect to it? Is it's it- mainly a visual novel. So it's the pictures are kind of misleading. I've, well, I've researched it enough. Okay. Um, but basically, a lot of people are saying like the action RPG stuff is like serviceable, serviceable at best, right? Like it's not like super fun. But I also don't need much fun because for me, it's always like I want to take a break from all the talking. And if that's what this is doing, it's a really interesting genre mix because you can like have a lot of story. So you're going for a while and you're making a lot of choices and you're, you know, whatever. And then they're like, okay, go to this like open field and fight a bunch of monsters, you know, level up because you need to go to the next story part. I mean, it's interesting because I hear what you're saying and like, it's ironic. I'm looking at it on Steam right now. The developer is called Visual Noveler. So, I mean, that kind of tells you right there what they're about, but man, Looking at the store page, it looks totally like an action RPG. I would never in a million years have guessed that this was in any way a visual novel. So I think maybe they're kind of maybe mispositioning this game. Well, they are if unless you like go to YouTube, right? Because if you just type in the name on YouTube, you'll see the gameplay footage because it's out there. So okay. Um, anyways, uh, I just thought I'd bring it up because I'm going to start cool. it tonight and I'll bring it onto the show next week. And I have a feeling it's going to be the visual novel series that gets me in. All right. Let us know. And last but not least, another thing that's interesting is PlayStation Now. Um, speaking of new and weird games, I was really interested in a new RPG, and I wanted to try those hybrid action. They're kind of like action games, but also have RPG elements in them. And we could go on a tangent here, but there's just so I mean, so action many. RPGs, perhaps? No, no, no. I know what you mean, and I know what I just said, but... <laughs> Uh, there's these games like the game I'll talk about later in the show, Knights of Azure uh, and Knights of Azure 2. Uh, I, I looked at those trailers and I was like, oh, that seems interesting. Uh, fantasy, you know, setting, you know, anime, whatever. And an action RPG battling, but it's not really an action RPG because you're not really worried about your XP and leveling up and, you know, different attributes. It's more like action-y gameplay. Remember, like, what's those mech type games where like the girls get in mech suits and they just fight a bunch of monsters? Um, oh my goodness, I'm gonna forget the style of game, but it's I almost like an action now. game. Okay, all right. Um, anyways, so I bring this up because I, I like those ideas, and I was like, okay, let me go in that world of these hybrid RPG action games, and there's a ton of them on PlayStation now, and you know, both of us don't really aren't fond of that service. Not my favorite. Not our favorite, and Game Pass is way much better. But I just thought I'd try it because if I got Game, pa- if I got PS Now, those games are like free essentially, and the PS Now right now is ten dollars for a month. Oh, that's a pretty good price, right? So it's like a trial. Be like, okay, you can play all the games you want in this PS Now. So I thought I'd try it out for the show. 
for me, I because we you and I both play every game ever. I played so many of the games that are in PlayStation now, right? Oh, I'm sure you must yeah. have. But there's tons of like you know random ones like Knights of Azure that I haven't. So you know, I think it's great. Uh, I, I still think the service is worth something because again, there's tons of people who haven't played as much games as us, and there was a you know ass loads of games for ten dollars. Um, I also bring it up, and this is the last piece of housekeeping is that it just was reported that Sony is pulling all their PlayStation Now cards from sale. You mean the like the gift card thing? Yeah, what do you mean? yeah, yeah. So like, if you, they normally would have like Xbox Game Pass, let's say has a physical gift card. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had them for PlayStation Now. They're getting rid of them because, we, as we talked about on the show, the rumor is that they're going to come up with a new Game Pass type service. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that I just got PlayStation Now now when it's going to go away. I mean, I guess you're going to be one of the early adopters for whatever comes next. I wonder if they'll just transition me. Wouldn't that be great? I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. I'd be very shocked if they didn't. So that'll be fun for the podcast then. I'll just stay part of PS Now and then I'll become part of PS Game Pass. Just ride that wave and see what happens. Yeah. So that's the update on that. And that's all all I have. What do you got? Right on. Just one thing. Um, I just wanted to touch really briefly on the new show on Disney Plus, The Book of Boba Fett. Have you seen this? I haven't yet. Uh, It hasn't piqued my interest enough. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. You know, I loved The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was fucking dope. It By the way, I did good. too. I did too. Mandalorian was hot shit. I mean, it was like taking the cool elements um, of Star Wars that we like, kind of mixing it up, giving it a new format. Everybody loved Baby Yoda. Everybody loved that suit of armor that the Mandalorians wear. Cool fights, cool gunfights, cool action. Lots of surprises, some familiar faces. Like, it was hot shit. Like, The Mandalorian is... is is the bee's knees, man, as the old folks say. Um, and so at the end of The Mandalorian, they teased the next series coming, which was The Book of Boba Fett, which is what we're watching now. And I was really honestly kind of surprised by that because, um, you know, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Boba Fett shows up in The Mandalorian. That's how we get introduced to him. Um, kind of a surprise when he shows up and surprising that he would get his own series, right? So, you know... Um, looking forward to it uh finally dropped i think three weeks ago and boy i'm really struggling with how misguided and boring and dull it is and i feel like it is like a complete misfire from like a to z i'm just really really shocked that Mm. anybody who was involved with the mandalorian could have like turned around and made this show because this show stinks it's really bad (laughs) it Um, smells it really smells I mean, I think there's a lot to talk about, and this is not the Star Wars podcast, but I'll say really quickly, the Mandalorian was a brand new character. Like he had the armor that people are familiar with, but that's really just like what that race of aliens wore, right? It's just a piece of clothing. They could have been anybody, and they started with a brand new character. Great. Good idea. Fresh, fresh, clean start. With Boba Fett, I mean, he, granted, is not a, a huge part of the original Star Wars trilogy, but like a fan favorite for many years, there's been books written about him. He's been in comic books. He's got a, a background, a reputation. He's known as like the go-to guy for Darth Vader. He carbonized Han Solo without even feeling bad about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he wanted to vaporize people left and right. I mean, he was like like a badass, right? Like that was why people liked him. And in this series, I feel like they have completely tossed all of his like his mystique, his backstory, his baggage 
And I feel like they're trying to recreate the exact same thing they did with the Mandalorian, except the difference is, number one, Mandalorian already exists, but number two, Boba Fett is a character who's supposed to be wildly different. He's supposed to be like like somebody you don't want to fuck with. Like he's like, you know, heartless, uh, you know, like a scavenger kind of guy. He's like this bounty hunter. And in the show, he's just like this doddering old man. He like he he like walks around like he's clueless half the time. The fights are not cool. Um, we spend a lot of time with him getting some backstory, which I honestly don't care about, which doesn't really match his character. He's he doesn't kill anybody. He's not mean. I'm just like, this is not even the Boba Fett that I was expecting. I mean, I guess I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe I was wanting more of an anti-hero story. Maybe something a little edgier, a little bit darker, perhaps. Mm. Um, but wow, it is just boring and flat and dull. And it feels like this is not even the character that I was expecting. And I feel like just it is. I don't know that I'm even going to finish watching it. Like, it's really, really fucking boring. I mean, it's boring to the point when we started watching the episode and my son just like left the room. I mean, if my 12 year old doesn't want to watch something Star Wars. You know, you done fucked up. You messed up then. Yeah. Especially yeah, so. that age group. Yeah. I, I did. I'm glad I didn't watch it then. I, I, there's just so much stuff out there to watch. Yeah. Um, and we're home all the time. So I much rather, you know, start a series that I want to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad I'm not going to watch it. Thank you for that. Um, I will say this though, the series that I did just finish watching, uh, the fifth season of Search Party just came out. Mm. And I think we talked about it a little bit that I like it. I don't think you've ever watched it. Is that right? I watched the first two seasons and I thought it was terrible. I hated oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah. We yeah. agree to disagree on that. Um, but what's interesting and that you would actually kind of like is a minor spoiler to anyone listening for Search Party on this Jump video game Jump forward one podcast. minute if you don't want to be spoiled on Okay, one five. minute. I, I guarantee you almost no one. Uh, no but one anyways. watches that show. Anyway. No, no, no. They do watch that show. That they, That's why I got five seasons. But nah, no one watches it. Do you want to fight? We're going to fight <laughs> on our first podcast back. Um, is It turns like almost fantastical at the end. Like this is the series end. Like it's done. Like they, they, they told oh, the whole okay. story, you know? So at the end, they went out with a bang. And it's really fun when shows do that because logic kind of leaves, you know, and it just gets like really bizarre. And I really had a good time with it. So if you've liked Search Party, like I, not un- unlike uh, Brad, then please, yeah, go check out the fifth season of that. And for you, Brad, Eternals yes. just dropped on Disney. Yeah, I saw that it dropped last night. I think we're probably going to watch it maybe this weekend. Um, I, you know, I've I've heard lots of mixed reviews. Some people saying it's you know kind of boring, too long. Some people saying it was pretty good, just not the usual Dis- or, uh, Marvel movie. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've seen all the Marvel movies up to now, so of course I'm going to watch this one expectations are not high and I'm, you know, I'm fine. It like, you don't have to keep topping each one, right? Like, you know, there's, there's only so many highs you can hit before you got to like, just cool it back down a little bit. So right. if this one is, if this one is chill or if it's different, I mean, that's okay. I mean, we'll see. I'll watch it. We'll see what happens. We'll compare notes maybe next week. Are you going to watch it? Yeah. I'm going to watch it. I think tonight or something tonight or tomorrow. Okay. So yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. So, all uh, right. All I right. got nothing else. You got anything else? No, that's it. All right, let's get to the main event, uh, the content of the show. Let's start with you. Uh, let's mention the game that you just mentioned a second ago, Knights of Azure, like uh, on PS, was it PS Now or PS? Yeah, it's a PS4 the... game and it's on PS Now. PS Now. It's by, um, so was it Koi Tecmo? Sure. Uh, they're the brand, is that the publisher? That's not the, yeah, the developer is Gus Studios. Yeah, Gus, and they're yeah, Kawhi and they Tecmo do a ton of games. They do the Atelier, which I can never see that thing. The Atelier series. Atelier, yeah. yes. 
Wow, I just really messed that up. We knew what you meant. Did we? We did. Okay. Meaning um, me. Also, Fatal Frame and Deception 4, uh, the director of that those games worked on this. So, it's again, it's a style of game that there's like 1,500 of these games, which are RPG light, okay? RPG a very little bit. It's more like an action game where, yeah, you run around doing action RPG stuff, but you're not really focused on leveling up, like I said, all your stuff. And the save points are like a little book that you got to write a little note in. And the store is very, very limited. So I, I'm trying to explain it, but do you get the idea of what this kind of hybrid action game is? I mean, is it just kind of like top down, kind of like a Dynasty Warriors, just like bash em up kind of like a thing? Or? Kind of a bash em up. Yeah, there's that Fate Extella game that's like it. Um, there's just so many games that are like this. and I Kind just, of like a Musao style where you're fighting just like a thousand dudes, basically? No, or? no, not a thousand dudes. I'm never, I'm never going to pull off explaining these style of games, but... Um, there are a ton of them, and so I just wanted to jump into one of these, which is like, you know, this one, Knights of Azure, uh, or Azure. So yeah, this game is, you play as um, uh, a warrior woman who is friends with another lady, and you basically, you know, watch her get uh, captured and have to go after her. And of course, there's... Well, what, a, what a bad friend that you just sat there and watched her get captured. You're a pretty shit friend. Well, he was a demon, and he was really fast at it. He went super fast. He was like, whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, wow. He just, you know, he did it super fast, and I didn't You went for it right there. I give you props for that. That was brave. He did it like a... It was a Three Stooges kind of thing. That was That's kind of what I got from yeah. it, but I appreciate the attempt. Uh, anyway, so, you know, you go after her, but it's really just like... It's almost like a dungeon crawler in that way, where like there's just all these huge maps, kill a bunch of monsters, kind of upgrade yourself a little bit, and then get to another story part. So um, kind of interesting, because it reminds me a little bit of what the visual novel Eternal Radiance might be. Um, it, it's it's okay. Like, I don't have much to say about it. It's the least I have to say. I think it's um, a weird hybrid of a game. And again, there's a million of these games out there. It, it doesn't keep your attention, because... It's almost like there's not many stakes. It almost feels arcadey in a way. Sure. And I guess the one cool thing that I haven't seen in other games is you, as you're like going through these kind of dungeon crawls, uh, and by the way, it's third person, top down, um, three quarters view, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You move the camera if you want, but essentially kind of moves with you. And you're fighting monsters and again, going to hub worlds and fighting monsters and going to hub worlds. But along the way, you have these little companions and you can send them out and give them directions of, to do stuff. So that that's kind of interesting. Um, and then you have them do like super moves and stuff, and they kind of you know help you along the way. So that's cool. Um, and I really don't have much more to say about it, but I don't think I like this style of game. I tried to get into it. Um, I, and again, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it, but is there a game that something like what I just described that you've played where yeah, I mean, it, it sounds just like your average, basic Japanese-developed uh, action RPG. I mean, they all kind of fit that same mold of what I think you're describing. So Right, but like an action RPG, in my mind, is an actual RPG like um, Ease or Tales of Arise, where you're, like, you're going in, there's story, there's a lot of story, there's a lot of leveling up, you know, there's a lot of inventory management. This is like arcade -y. Like, I mean, I think there's just like a there's like a spectrum, right? Like you've got your heavier, in-depth, more detailed ones on the one side, like what you're describing there. And I think there's a lot of 
of, of, of some that still fit the genre, but they're much lighter, you know, there's just a couple things to equip, nothing major. Maybe they skip the crafting. I mean, I think, I think they're on the same spectrum. Maybe this is just okay. like on the lighter, the lighter end. Well, then there's a ton of lighter end action RPGs I haven't played. And so I'm just, you know, here and there I'm delving into them. This one didn't knock my socks off though. And it's kind of forgettable, but I heard the second one's better. So because I have PS now, maybe I'll check it out. There you go. All right. I am kind of follow your lead a little bit in describing a game that I didn't have a lot of strong feelings for. Um, I have a couple quick ones here. First one is Arcadia Fallen, playing that on the Switch. I've been wanting to play um, a visual novel lately, which is interesting because you brought up that one at the top of the show. Uh, But I want something for the Switch because that's a good, good format for visual novels. But see, the problem is that lately... A lot of the visual novels I'm encountering are really, really, really heavy on the novel side, where where most of what you're doing is advancing text. And I, I don't like that kind of visual novel. I want to do other things. Like, so for you example, want, you want more choices then? I want more choices and I want more things to do. Like, for example, I think a really good example is like Phoenix Wright is a really good example of like there's a ton of reading, but there's also a ton of like detecting and there's like the argument mini mini battle and there's like a judge and you got to like win the case and stuff. So you're doing stuff while you're getting a vision novel. Also, Danganronpa, excellent uh, example where there's tons of reading, but there's also like you're solving a crime and you're like trying to figure out who's the bad guy. Like you're doing things in addition to the reading. I don't care for the visual novels where you're just like read text, read text, read text, read text, read text. Yeah, here's a choice read text, read text. Like I, I don't want to read a book because books exist. And if I wanted to do that, I would go do that. I love visual novels that really take it to the next level. And I'm kind of having difficulty finding a good one. So if anybody listening out there can recommend me a good one on the switch that has a good balance between reading and doing, I would love to check it out. Anyway, this brings me to why I'm going to talk about these two games that I'm going to talk about now. Arcadia Fallen is on the switch. Um, it is a visual novel. And I got to be perfectly honest with you, dude. I am very embarrassed to say this, but I played this a couple days ago for the show. And I'm like, I should probably write down some notes, but I'm in bed and I didn't have a pen and paper handy. And I'm like, well, I'm going to remember. It's no problem. I'll totally remember. And now that I'm here talking about it, I am struggling to remember literally anything about it. Wow. Um, So that tells you how much of an impact it has on me. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, right? Like I've already said up front, I am the person who needs more than just reading. And this game... There was a neat little um, color matching puzzle. It's kind of like you have these circles that kind of interlock and you got to rotate them in the right direction to match the pattern. I mean, that was okay. That was a puzzle. I like puzzles like that. That was a good little little break in the reading. Um, but I just had a hard time connecting with the characters. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm really struggling to even remember any of the characters. And the art style really turned me off. Um, it's not an ugly art style at all. I think it's going to be very appealing to a certain kind of player. Uh, but for me, it just didn't have the details. It didn't have the personality. It just wasn't visually interesting enough to me. And I mean, everybody knows, you know, like visuals are really important to me. Like the art style, aesthetic, really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that can really carry a game a pretty far distance. So, I mean, I played it for like one long session and I put it down and I just, I literally can't remember anything about it. It just did not stand out to me at all. So Arcadia Fallen has fallen. And did not get up. No. So there's that. The other one I tried was on PS5. It's called Dull Gray. What? This was an, a PS5 what? game. Sorry, I got, I got shocked. There are no PS5 games. <laughs> well, it's actually from PC. I think it's on every platform. I just happened to play it on PS5. Okay. Because it was on sale for like a dollar. So I'm like, okay, I'll gamble a dollar. Uh, that's well within my, you know, if it sucks, no big deal zone. So it, this is kind of interesting in that it's telling a story 
about people in like this kind of like a, I don't know, like a frost punk sort of environment where it's cold. I don't know, kind of, I don't know, Slavic, I guess, sort of Russianish, something like that. And it seems at first like you're just this guy in this village or something. But then like you very quickly meet like like a robot, like a broken down robot. And then people act like robots are a normal part of their life. So it's like you're living in a village, you're kind of low tech, but there's also these robots walking around. And I mean, the visuals were very abstract, which at first kind of caught my attention, but there just wasn't enough of them. And I felt like the story just wasn't moving fast enough. It's a very short game, though. It's like 20 minutes long. Oh, wow. Uh, So really, really short or something like that in the ballpark of 20 minutes. And there's only really like one choice. Like they ask you what you want to do for work and they give you two choices. You pick one. And then like the next person asks you the exact same question. And you can either say the thing that you chose last time or you can choose something different. And then the next person you meet asks you the exact same question. And it's weird that they do that. Um, But again, it just didn't click with me. I think if they had done more art, more to look at, if the story had been a little bit more detailed, a few more choices, maybe they would have something there. It just feels like a very quick sketch of a game. Uh, like a te- proof of concept perhaps um so i think that maybe if the developers could kind of build on that maybe there would be something to chew on but uh yeah i kind of just it just did not leave much of an impression honestly so and it does say that there's multiple endings but yeah maybe it's like they had their first uh to try at this you know yeah i mean good good first start but i just i don't know i just kind of felt like there should be more to it and it just didn't really stick with me so anyway arcadia fallen and dull gray two visual novels that had not enough to do and too much reading and for me personally that's not a good combination so i'm going to keep looking anybody out there listening if you've got a good recommendation please send it my way i really want a good one um okay carlos back to you let's talk about deep rock galactic now i have played this game actually okay uh i do know of this game uh played it with my son and my wife we did a little freeman team a while ago but i'm gonna let you take the lead here how did you find deep rock galactic and how do you find it yeah, I think I played it because it was on Game Pass, I want to say. Yeah, it is on Game Pass, yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, Because uh, I don't know if I would have bought it outright for the style of game. Because it's, you know, it's generally a co-op game. It should be. Um, but I played it solo, of course. And you can. Uh, because what's really great is, I don't know if in the, um, just to jump into questions already, but in the co-op version, do you get your own little robots to go with you? You have one robot per team. Oh, uh, okay. So I have two robots as a solo guy. You should uh, explain this. Okay. So basically you are a miner. Well, by the way, they always make allude, uh, they allude back to the idea of a, or like a fantasy uh, dwarf because you're a dwarf, right? I think you're all dwarf. Yeah. Dwarven yeah. Miners. You look like, like classic dwarves, but you're like in space and stuff. But yeah. it's a space sci-fi game. Space dwarf. But you're also mining. Um, but yeah, they make jokes about like the fantasy <laughs> like style of uh, a dwarf miner. But yeah, you're um, at this like hub world uh, of a, like a space station, and you go to different. Uh, I guess you go to different planets. I want to say I don't know if yeah, you do. It's you different do. planets, yeah. And on each planet, you're doing different things. Like you're trying to basically mine resources, and it feels very Minecrafty, where you're literally like you know breaking down walls and 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 getting resources, and in the Minecraft way of like you could dig underneath you, and there might be something down there or like a hole to get through this other place. And certain surfaces, you know, break easier. And as you collect resources, you have a little robot that you you empty out the resources into. And in my case, as Solo, I had another, like, fight it robot uh, that you could, like, bring it. He comes along and just shoots monsters and stuff for you. And the other element of the game is monsters. And so every once in a while, there'll be, like, raids of monsters that come after you. 
and you've got to like, clear them out. And I, you can choose different styles of character uh, or minor. And I picked the one with the like Gatling gun, like super sure. strong, you know, huge yep. gun. Yep. And you could also be like, you know, different types of support, et cetera. If you're doing a co-op, you can be different types of characters. But me being solo, just go in, and my experience was like run into a new area, mine stuff, look for monsters, shoot them. Um, and I like the I like the robots chasing you and kind of coming with you everywhere. Um, so that's just the general feel of the game. And the hub world, you can do things like change your appearance, uh, upgrade yourself, upgrade a ton of stuff. So it's almost like too much stuff in that hub world. I felt like kind of uh, you know confused at the beginning. It is a little busy, yeah. Very busy. Um, one of the interesting things about the gameplay itself is I'm playing an Xbox Series X, so it goes all the way up to 120, was it hertz or something? What's that? Fra- the refresh rate? 120? The frame rate? What, what, are we, what are we talking about? What's the 120 thing where it says it's 60 frames per second, but it's like 100 with 120 hertz. What is that thing on a TV? Oh, just like the refresh rate? Refresh rate, refresh rate. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because my TV that I bought has that in it, and I hardly ever use it. Um, yeah, it's a refresh rate. So it harnesses that. And you can really tell. I don't know if you what TV you have, but I have a TV that has that in it. Um, and it's so smart that I didn't know what the fuck it's called. But <laughs> I know it's at 120, and it was something good. So, yeah, I guess this is the refresh rate. And that with 60 is like, it's so buttery smooth. You know, like for combat and stuff, it's just, it's awesome. Um, but the, like I said, the main thing I don't like, and then I'll hear your opinion on it too, but like in these mines that you're in, you always have to keep lighting them up because yes. they're dark and you have to throw these little lights out and they're like, like light beacons and they do refresh over time. But if you throw like three in a row, like you have to wait for a minute. Yeah. I fucking hate that part of this game <laughs> because there literally is no reason for that. Like, I don't know what kind of interesting gameplay they were trying to do to make it more challenging in any other game or Minecraft, etc. You know, yeah, there's darkness and then you light it up, but then it stays lit up. Um, I don't know. Did you find that part specifically annoying like I did? Oh, yeah. I thought that was super annoying. I just didn't want to hassle with that. Um because it's dark, you're in a cave, and it's first person, and so you're kind of like exploring this cave, and it's like, you know, I guess they want to simulate the feeling of being a dwarf in a cave and mining and trying to get resources and stuff, and I just found that to be like, just obnoxious, like I just didn't really care about lighting it up, and it was constantly like, as I was playing with my wife and son, like, oh, hey, can you throw a flare over here, and I've got a flare, and I'm going to throw one over here, and this flare went out, and it was just like, it was a pain. I just didn't really care for it. Um, it's unnecessary for the gameplay because, again, Minecraft being the number one example, you light it up and it stays lit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you stay, or even for like a, a longer period of time. But it's just like I just got so tired of that. Yeah. I mean, I, it wouldn't have hurt the game any to have those flares just last for infinity. Yeah. Because the the mission only lasts for like fifteen minutes or something like that anyway. So right. It's just busy whatever. Work. It's just busy. Work. Yeah. In the future, I bet we can invent something better than a double A battery. So. Oh geez, I would yeah. hope. So, I mean, I played this for a while, and it was okay. I honestly, um, I, I didn't care for it that much. I think the the physical feeling of playing the game, I found it to be kind of unpleasant. Um, I had a lot of trouble, like, navigating ledges, and, like, you have this, like, grappling hook thing that you got to, like, ride sometimes, that it was difficult. And I just didn't feel like I had a really good sense of my body in playing this game. Like, sometimes you have to, like, do a little bit of platforming, um, and I just didn't think it was that great. So that part didn't, I didn't care for. 
Um, I feel like out of the four classes, I believe, is there four classes? Is it five, four? It might be five. I don't know. I can't remember, but yeah, there's a few. We we tried a couple of them and like, man, I only felt like like one or two of them were any good. And I know that, of course, some are like more support classes or whatever. But boy, like every time we went out with anything other than one of those two people, it was like we just failed because we just didn't have enough firepower or we just weren't really getting the job done. Uh, so that was kind of frustrating. And like the combat in this game is really tough. Um, we would go in and I don't know if it scales up per person. Maybe it's easier with one person. But with us as a, a team of three, we would go into these caves and you get like a little warning. It's like, oh, swarm coming. Watch out. And then we would like get ready for it. And we would just like just get worked, man. Like so many monsters would come out and we would just like we'd be struggling and taking damage and trying to save each other. And it was just just chaos, man. And I, you know, we weren't trying to pick any advanced missions, just the, the real basic stuff. Um, we just didn't have mojo for this one. I just I just didn't click with it. And I felt like it was cumbersome and just didn't really feel good to play. So we, we played it for maybe like two, three days because my son really liked it a lot. Um, but me and the wife like peeled off of it pretty quickly. Believe it or not, those light beacons are like my noping out of it. It's like, it's a, one of the biggest things because is it like the sharpening stone in monster hunter? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> Cause again, it's unnecessary. Just like it is a monster hunter. Don't get me started. But, yeah. and I also say this, I, I feel the same way as you do. I like, I kept looking for this, this special thing that I was going to feel from the game, you yeah. know, or like some hook where you go back to the hub world and you do this thing. But all those upgrades didn't feel very good. Like nothing felt like yeah. awesome. Um, but I can't say it's a bad game because I actually like you know like you said I spent some time with it and I had an okay time with it. I liked I actually liked the frame rate and all that stuff being like super buttery smooth for me. But it, yeah, overall I probably won't go back to it. Unfortunately. Yeah, it just didn't. I mean, it's not a bad game at all, but I it just didn't have the hooks. Like I didn't feel invested in my character. Right. I didn't like the classes. I didn't find a class that I really clicked with. I didn't think it felt that great. And so with so many other options out there, it's really hard to justify putting time into something like this where you have to kind of level up your character over time and gradually unlock new levels. And it just I just wasn't getting that reward on the feedback loop that I was looking for. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. Well, there's that Deep Rock Galactic. Uh, Or really starting out this podcast with a bunch of bangers. Well, let's see. Let's see if we can turn this around. Kena, Bridge of Spirits. Let's talk about that. Would you like to talk about that, Carlos? I would like to talk about that. Let's Um, talk about Kena, Bridge of Spirits. Now, people listening to last week's episode uh, may have caught Carlos' section at the end. Now, full disclosure, uh, I had never edited a podcast before in my life. Uh, I have my hands very full with trying to figure out how that all worked, and that's not something that I like to do in a hurry. So I'm glad that I got the show together, but... I, uh, you know, Carlos's bit was at the end. I think I mentioned it once on the show, but like my head was kind of scattered. I was juggling a million things. Um, for people who may not have caught your segment in the last episode, let's get back into it. Let's talk about Kina and let's fill everybody in. Yeah, let's. Um, I don't, I don't know if anybody heard that one, uh, but I did do a quick summary review. And if you want to go check it out, you can. But uh, yeah, Kina Bridge of Spirits has been on my backlist for a while, or backlog, whatever it's called. And it looks beautiful. It's by that studio that does, you know, computer graphics first. And then they were like, hey, let's make a game. And the studio is... Brad's going to look it up for me. Oh, okay. Sorry, that was too subtle. Yeah, I got to look it up. Keep talking. I'm not being subtle anymore. Uh, Brad looks that up. And, you know, again, graphics are stunning. Like, super, super amazing. Um, Really beautiful. Looks like you're basically moving around a Pixar movie. Uh, for most of it, obviously the cutscenes. Ember Lab. Ember, Ember Labs, Lab. Yes. I believe this is their first game because again they were doing a lot of CGI work or CG work. Um, 
so it's beautiful. You control Kina, who is, um, she basically is a spirit warrior. And the fact that she helps bridge the gap between the spirit world and the real world, helping spirits go on their way. Um, they don't really say where they're going, but let's say the spirits are trapped. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to say what their destination is because it's kind of a, you know, nebulous, but sure. Essentially, sure. it's like a ghost, you know, like or some spirit that is trapped and is not moved on yet to wherever they're going. And I kind I kind of didn't understand what this game was by the marketing material. And I'm here to tell you that this is a sad game. Um, it's a pretty damn sad game. So basically, you are a woman warrior running around. You have a bow and arrow. I'll talk about the gameplay in a minute. You have your, your little spear that you can upgrade. And you have all these little um, almost like Pikmin that follow you around. Yeah. And they get the worst name ever. They're called Rots. The Rot. I, when I first heard that, I thought it was a mistake. Yeah, it is a mistake, by the way. I still go, I stand by that. It should, they should have been called anything else. They're little adorable things with little cute faces, and they run around do all these funny things. And one of the main currencies you get in the game, the only thing it's used for is to buy those Rots hats. Ah. So they're like the most adorable thing. You're buying like fox hats and all these things. And they're called rots. Weird. So you run around. They're helping you out. You're in these woods. And there's all this kind of like similar to the gunk. It's actually very similar to the gunk. Um, and uh, biomutant kind of in a way. Where there's all this kind of like infectious, like, you know, overgrowth and, and stuff you want to clear out. And what you do is by, you know, destroying certain flowers or destroying certain things, the all the infectious kind of gross, um, you know, fungus stuff will leave. And then it kind of just very similar to the gunk game will kind of dissipate. So that's part of the gameplay and part of, you know, Kina's mission. The other part of her mission, which is the main story campaign, is finding these different spirits who are trapped and then helping them move on. So in the beginning, this isn't really much of a spoiler, you meet two little kids who aren't real. And then they are sad because their um, brother, I believe, died. And then as you go through these campaigns, you learn the backstory. Like you'll get cutscenes and stuff. You'll learn like what happened to these people. So that whole first mission is super long, by the way. And you're going, you know, platforming and fighting monsters. The, the whole end of that mission, again, this isn't much of a spoiler. It's important to know, is you're like helping that brother realize it wasn't his fault and he can move on, right? Sure, sure. So then let's say all of them move on, okay? And then you've played this game. I played the game for, I don't know, like, four or five hours by now i haven't met one real person it's so they're all ghosts it's just spirits yeah 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 so then you start meeting real people like after that and but in general most of the game is about learning why some tragedy happened and then helping these spirits move on but i'm telling you that beginning is super sad like Hmm. because it's it's whimsical and the gameplay's fun but when you learn what what you're doing you're like, oh, this this used to be a village, but then everybody died. You know, like, like why did that happen? Oh, well, this happened, this happened. So I just was kind of blown away by how kind of sad it was. Um, I'm not sure if it gets more fun later on, but in general, that's what you're doing. You're just helping spirits move on. But uh, how's the gameplay though? Like yeah. the story clearly seems like it's a tearjerker, but like what about like what you're actually like doing? Right. That's what I'm gonna get to now because I just had to put that up front because I think people should know that before they go in. It's not the very first five, six hours isn't a whimsical journey of like, yay. It's like, oh, geez, this is kind of sad. Okay. Um, 
the gameplay is done very well. I mean, they do a lot of online is talking about how it's like souls like and the fact that it's super difficult. I put it on story mode, which I recommend for every human being. I don't know who would want it on the other mode um, because I tried a little bit the other mode. Story mode is still difficult. Like you still have to be a good platformer. You still have to have, you know, dodging and, and attacking. I, I think that's the only mode you should really play it. I don't know why you'd want to make it more difficult on yourself because this whole idea is it's really a story driven game. So what you do is you fight with your spear, you can dodge roll, which is done very well. You can double jump, you can uh, upgrade a little bit. So you can upgrade your spear and abilities. Um, your little rots can do abilities as well. So they can like tie up enemies. Um, they can go find healing potions for you. Uh, and then there's like mid bosses and big bosses. So my big question or my big kind of um, complaint with the combat is again, I'm in story mode, right? So this should be like not super hard. What they did is mid bosses and big bosses, their attack range is like, like the whole screen. So my point is if, if an enemy is attacking you and they're a mid boss or a full boss, which are the ones with the super long health bar, they, when they swing at you, even if they're on the other side of the screen, they might hit you. Wow. And it's wow. bullshit because I'm talking about melee hits, not like a missile. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. And I don't know. I feel like that's always been my thing with as a tangent for Souls games is I always feel like, ah, bullshit. <laughs> that did not hit me, you know? And I don't know what the hitbox detec detection is in, in Souls games as well. I know you're going to stand by it till the bitter end and say it's a perfectly made game. But in my opinion, that's, I feel like, what might I might be experiencing in Souls Likes games because this was bullshit moves. And I, to this day, like I'm like super upgraded now. Been playing the game for like 10, 15 hours. I'm good at the game. I'll find a mid boss and he'll hit me from across the screen. So I think that's where they went wrong. You know, I did I explain heard, that enough? I'm I, no, you, well no, you totally did. You totally did. I was trying to think of like trying to formulate a good response. I mean, I have not played this game yet, um, but I have talked to many people who have played it, and literally every single person kind of had a riff on what you just said where they're like i thought this was going to be a cutesy kind of like a fun romp it's actually hard as balls um it gets a lot harder i mean i don't know how far you are but i i've had i've had friends who quit it because they said it was too hard well they could should have um, switched to story mode because you can switch i think they were on story mode bro i think they oh, did oh fucking hell so i think you better strap in for a wild ride because i feel like these guys kind of went overboard on the combat again can't speak for myself but just only what i've heard from friends but literally everybody said, holy shit, this game is like ridiculously hard. And I did hear like about the like the melee effects being kind of like area of effect and not just like yes. a melee hit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's really my biggest complaint. Because if it's just based on like hit detection, you know, boxes and stuff, I, I was doing pretty good because the dodge roll is pretty good and double jump is pretty good. But there were some bullshit hits, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I heard that a lot. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, that's kind of like one reason why I kind of backburnered it, because I'm just not in the mood for that right now. But what you're saying makes perfect sense to me. I mean, it's kind of like cool story looks cute. But boy, that combat yikes. And that's kind of what my general sense of it was. Well, I'll, I'll leave the review on saying this. I'm still going to finish it because I unless it does get like, you know, I can't beat these guys. But I feel pretty confident even with all that stuff, because there's a lot of different um mechanics which we didn't get into the bow and arrow but the bow and arrow is done very very well and there's a lot of ability to stun enemies and be keep your distance so i feel good about my chances it is on story mode 
And the other part of the game is just exploring, which is beautiful, right? Like this is an incredibly beautiful world. And when you do that gunk style gameplay to go back to that, where you clear an area, it's very satisfying. So I think there's two parts of this game, which is the combat and the exploration. And the exploration might keep a lot of players playing it. Fair enough. Fair enough. We will check back next week. Including you. All right, we'll come back next week and we'll see uh, We'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, game that might be of special interest to you, Carlos. Uh, about to talk. Neon Abyss. Have you played this? No, but it's been on my list. It's. I think it's still a roguelike, though. Is that correct? Yes, and that's exactly why I'm bringing it up to you. Because I know that you're always on the hunt for one that you're going to click with. I think this might be the one. Oh, uh, I, and it's close. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I, I bought it um, on sale for a couple bucks. And I've been looking at it for a long time. I know that AJ Small, who writes for me at Game Critics, he really liked it a lot. And that kind of bumped it up on my uh, my radar. This is a 2D pixel-based um, platform slash shooter. It's an interesting mix of things because you do platforming, but you're not really platforming like, oh, I got to make this jump. It's more like each level in the game is kind of like broken up into screen by screen. So each room is like one whole screen. You can see the whole room on your screen. Uh, and you shoot with your right stick, meaning that your thumb is always occupied. You don't have to pull the trigger. You just point and your gun automatically shoots because you're going to be doing a lot of shooting. So your jump is mapped to your left trigger. And the first time I played it, I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck is a jump doing on the left trigger? It's got to be on X, right? But then I figured out you're doing so much shooting, you never want to take your thumb off the stick. Therefore, your jump has to be on a different button. So it made sense once I got into it. So it's a pretty shooter heavy game. You're jumping platforms just to kind of like basically just to avoid bullets. Like there's no like death pits or spikes or anything like that. Like you just kind of like move around each room, dodging monsters, dodging bullets, et cetera, et cetera, lasers, whatever. Um, and it's very beginner friendly. And I say that not in a disrespectful way at all. I really like it a lot. I think what it does is very approachable, very fun and easygoing. Um, for starters, the difficulty levels, uh, easy, medium, and hard, are pretty different. Uh, the easy level is really easy, which is fine. It's totally fine. I love it when an easy mode is easy. Fucking says easy right there. That's exactly what I want. Very approachable, like barely any bullets, barely any monsters. You can kind of just breeze your way through it. I think I beat it like the very first time uh, I started up because it was just really easy. But that's good. I like that. Uh, the game bumps you up after you beat it, and there's more stuff to unlock. It's a roguelike, so they want you to keep coming back. So, you know, I beat it like in half an hour, but then there's like, oh, here's this other thing and here's this other thing and this thing unlocked. So there's tons to see. Uh, but the difficulty curve is really good. Systems are very straightforward. Like you pick up new guns. Each gun has a different firing pattern. And there's like there's like 100 guns. Like it's real wacky. Like you'll have like a regular gun. You'll have a gun that shoots like fish bones. You'll have a gun that looks like a guitar that shoots musical notes. You'll have, you know, like whatever. Like There's like a million of those rocket launcher or whatever. You pick them up at random, and each one has a different firing mode, so you can never quite know what you're going to get, which is one of the things I like about a roguelike, the the minute-to-minute improvisation. Mm. You can't just develop, like, a regular habit. Like, you can't always pick the same gun because that gun's not always available, so you have to kind of, like, improvise, which I think is is what I like about roguelikes. You pick up different helmets, and each helmet has, like, a different ability, which is really fun. You pick up these little eggs, and if you collect enough of them, they hatch, and they become little helpers. And you can have, like, I think a string of, like, four or five helpers behind you. So, like, they're, like, shooting lasers and they're dropping bombs and they're, like, protecting you from hits. And if you collect, like, the guns and the helmets and the helpers, I mean, you become, like, this fucking, like, really powerful steamroller. You're just, like, pushing your way through levels. And so it's just it's really fun. Like, 
it does not feel like they really are out for your ass, right? It feels like they want you to have a good time. And that's exactly what I'm having. I think the graphics are really cute and colorful. Um, there's not a lot of stuff to juggle. There's like, there's a currency, uh, you collect crystals and collect keys. That's it. Like, it's like three things you got to keep track of. And it's all super simple. Locks need keys, uh, crystal doors need crystals and you use money at the shop. That's it. Like it takes one minute to explain it. You get it right off the bat. No problem. Um, uh, the bosses are all kind of like pattern based and they, they come back again and again. So you kind of know what you're doing. You can practice and get better at them. If you lose a run, no big deal. You unlock a few things and go back into it. And the runs are short. I mean, you can finish. Like I said, I think I finished my first run maybe a half an hour, probably less than that. And the next run is only like slightly longer. So it's perfect for bite-sized sessions. You're not doing like an hour or two hours or three hours of some epic run. Like it just get in, shoot some stuff, you know, see some colorful graphics, laugh a little bit because the stuff is goofy. You beat it or you don't, you put it down, you feel good about what you did, you come back to it. Like, it's just real friendly, real approachable, very easy to understand, very straightforward. I just, I really like mm. the approach they've taken here. And it doesn't feel terrible when you lose. It doesn't feel like you've lost a lot. It doesn't feel like you wasted your time. Uh, I, I gave it to my wife, who hates roguelikes. Uh, I think she likes roguelikes even less than you. Is that possible? And she loves it. She she thought it was a really good game. She was glad I recommended it. And she's been playing it for the last three days. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, I have so many questions. First off, okay. uh, I do also like the art style. I'm looking at it now. It, ha- it seems like it has a lot of characters. So you unlock characters as well? Yeah, you earn a currency just by playing. And when you earn enough currency, you can unlock the next character. Or you can unlock other things. You can unlock uh, permanent upgrades for your, your character. You can unlock new rooms that will offer you different experiences in the level. The levels are, of course, randomly generated. There's like a series of things you can unlock, but yeah, you can unlock like, I think there's like 12 different characters. Each one has like a different ability or something. Yeah. And it says like, it seems like a little comical in the fact that there's like pop culture references and stuff. And yeah, that's yeah what there saying. definitely is. There definitely is. There's definitely some of those. Um, so there's some of that. And I think it's overall, it's really good. I, there's a couple things that kind of made me raise my eyebrow a little bit. Um, full disclosure, you know, I am pretty sensitive to certain types of, of content. And one of the helpers I don't know that it is, but it looks a lot like Donald Trump. And that really kind of like kind of turned me off. Um, I don't know that it is. It may not be Donald Trump. But when I, my first impression of it, I'm like, that's Trump. And I asked my kid, I'm like, who's that look like? He's like Trump. And I asked my wife, who's that look like? She said Trump. Wait, so can you we kill that kinda, character? <laughs> no, he's like your helper, right? So oh. it kind of skeeves me out that he's helping you because fuck Donald Trump, right? That that part was like, okay, maybe it's a joke or whatever. But then there's this one, this one um, power up called, I think it's called like the Iron Panties. And if you look at the the text on it, it says something like, "Make them sorry they ever touched you." And I'm like, okay, that's kind of a rapey joke. I don't know that I like that one very much. Right. Um. Uh, at this point, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that it's just really poor sense of humor. Um. So we'll see. I mean, that's really the only two things that have really stuck out to me is kind of being slightly distasteful. But apart from those things, it's all been kind of like, you know, jokey puns and yeah. stuff like that. So I think they maybe just kind of whiffed on a couple jokes there. So um, one more question, yeah, though, is yeah. that say you beat it the first time and you see the reason to go back then, obviously, that's what roguelikes are. But is there like new boards? And besides the, the boards are like uh, randomly generated. But what are the other benefits for going back in and doing a run after the 30 minutes? There's tons of stuff to unlock. There's different kinds of rooms and uh, the runs get longer as you go. So like as you get better, the game very, very gradually ramps up in difficulty. Oh. The enemies enemies pick up like different behaviors. So like for the very first time, you'll get to like the first boss and all he'll do is like 
he'll move left and right and shoot missiles at you. It's like it's like baby steps, right? You can kill that guy no problem. The next time you see him, he does that same thing, but then he's got like helpers, or maybe he does like an extra missile attack or something. Got it. So like you're seeing different patterns. There's like a hundred different helmets, a hundred different guns. You're having a different experience every time. And as you unlock more things, more characters, more types of rooms, more different things to encounter. Like the game kind of gets more nuanced and rich as you go. But I like kind of like that because at the beginning it's very simple and straightforward. You're not really like coming to grips with anything. And like once you feel good about it and mastered it, they kind of give you like the next plane of stuff, which I think is a really good way to go. Dude, done and done. Okay. And right now it's on sale on PlayStation, just for anybody who has PlayStation. It's ten dollars. Oh, that's a great price for that game. I know, right? So gonna buy it tonight because of your recommendation. We've done that before for each other. We uh, have, we have. So I'll do that, and yeah, it's, it seems like up my alley for sure. So yeah, it just feels really good to play. The mechanics are good. The guns feel good. It's just, it just this is a great roguelike. I like everything about it. It's total thumbs up for me. All right, it's in my cart. It's in my shopping there we go. cart. There we go. He's buying it right now. Okay, a couple more games, and then we're gonna bounce here, Carlos. You brought up Final Fantasy XII, which kind of threw me for a loop, and then I had to like do some research because I'm like, wait a minute. Which one's 12? I don't remember which one is which. Is this the one where you've got that super sexy bunny lady in the... Yep, the, the, the Zodiac that, okay, Age. That one. The Zodiac Age. Zodiac, okay. That's that's all I remember from that game. I think I put like 40 hours into that game, and all I remember is the sexy bunny lady. You put 40 hours into... Oh, that'd be good. Then, then that's good uh, for us to talk about it. I mean, the original version way back on, what, PS3? That's maybe? what I'm playing, by the way. That's what I'm playing. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I put some time into it, but... Uh, Boy, I haven't thought about that in a while. Tell us about Final Fantasy XII. How did you how did you come across this? Well, I have an asterisk before I even start this segment. It's it's because of PlayStation Now. So okay. in PlayStation Now, I was like hunting around for RPGs after I decided that Knights of Azure maybe wasn't for me. And I was like, well, which Final Fantasy haven't I played? Because I played, I think, all of them. And then I realized I did not play twelve and 13. Okay. Um, I, I really have almost played. I think I've played every one of them. Um and I almost went back to Final Fantasy X and X2 because they're remastered, um, which was also on PlayStation now, by the way, like a 4K, I don't know, upgraded version of them. But I, did, right. I didn't like those games. I didn't like X for some reason. I you didn't like Final Fantasy X? No, I don't. I know tons wow. of people like it. You know, that's how it happens in the Final Fantasy series. People like certain ones. They don't, don't like other ones. And to that point, I saw, first off, I saw... Um, uh, oh, actually, this is uh, this is a weird thing. Final Fantasy Thirteen I found on Game Pass. Okay, I'm, I know I'm switching my story. Which one around. is Thirteen? Thirteen is the lightning. that's the one that people hated. How it was like a long corridor, right? Yeah, Lightning, thir- okay. Lightning, whatever returns. Gotcha. It's gotcha, the girl gotcha. who like you know. Well, you play multiple characters in it. The les the lesbian motorcycle is that that's where that's from. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So um, I actually you know first I found that in Game Pass and I was like I just kind of mucked around with it and I was like yeah I don't like it because also you don't really like upgrade your character much like you don't like see xp and stuff which if you have a final fantasy game you need that so anyways i looked at that for a second but on playstation now as i'm looking for rpgs i found 12 and i had started it for sure but i never like you know really got into it like you so i went back to it because again free for me on playstation now and i love it i mean i really really like it it's they do a lot of final fantasy things right they the combat system is very unique um, probably the only kind in the whole series that's like that, which is where you give commands. Yeah, you set like the gambits or something. Like you set like the behaviors and the characters kind of uh, execute, right? Right. Well, that's in fifteen two, but in this one, I mean, your actual character that you control 
you also give commands, which is I don't think in any other Final Fantasy game or any other RPG for that matter, where it's mm. almost like an MMO. Um, in MMOs, you do that all the time. You just like click an area, and the guy will just auto battle. Right, right, right. right. But in, in these types of RPGs, single player experience, that generally isn't the case. But I actually like it quite a bit. Like I really like the feel of it because you just enter in the command for attack. You move the character near the enemy, and the, the, the and then you just attack, so auto attacks. But then of course it's you know they can pause, use items, and do all the things you want to do in a, a regular RPG. And like you said, yeah, your your companions all have these little gambits or like these commands that you can give them. So I, I actually enjoy the combat quite a bit. I like the story. Uh, it was really interesting. Uh, again, I'm not super far into it, but I met the you know the bunny lady, and I've done a lot of side quests and. I don't know. It just feels like a really good Final Fantasy game. What were your thoughts on it in general? Um, you know, I really so okay. This is hazy. I mean, I haven't thought about it in years, right? Yeah. But, um, back when it first came out is when I played it, and I remember really liking the aesthetic, like the art. So the art kind of clicked with me. I thought that was one of the Final Fantasies. They don't all click with me, but that one did. I thought everybody looked kind of cool. I thought the gambit system was interesting and different at the time. Um, not having played many MMOs or not being on PC very much, that was pretty novel yeah. at the time. I mean, I think I liked it. I think just what happened was it just was too long. I think I was I was at least 40 hours into it, if not more. And I just hit a point where I was just like, I just, I got to take a break from this game. Like, I just don't want to play this anymore. Not like it's bad. Not like I hated it. It just was like too long. I, I just, I don't even remember what was happening at the time. I mean, I was probably struggling to get my bills paid. I was probably working pretty hard at the time. Yeah. Um, and I just, it just was too much game. I just needed to stop. So I stopped. I think I hit some dull section that I wasn't really too in love with. I remember a lot of mushrooms. There was like a mushroom boss or something that I was getting frustrated with, I think. And then I just kind of put it down and I just never came back to it. But I remembered wanting to come back to it. I remembered wanting to finish it, but I just, I just never did. Yeah, they have enough interesting systems. And again, at the time that it came out, it was probably more novel than it is now. For sure, but for sure. it still is like refreshing to play. And like you said, the art style is very interesting, even though it's like, you know, less graphic capabilities as it is today. It has a certain style to it. Like all the faces have a certain style to it. And it's very cool. And again, it's that kind of, um, which RPGs do all the time, but you're, you're going against an army that could never be beaten. You know, like this huge empire. How are you ever going to take them on? You're just a kid. You know, you're with your friend. You're in the sewers. You're fighting monsters. How are you ever going to take over an empire? Um, so I like that kind of, you know, setup. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a good time with it. I'm only like eight hours in or something. Um, but it's relaxing and fun. So, and again, for PlayStation Now, it's, if you want to go back and try it, it's there. I guess let me ask you a question. Um, so this is the Zodiac. Age. Oh, you know, okay, you know now, you know what? Now that we're talking about it, okay, my my dusty old brain cells have finally kicked in. I think what turned me off of it, um, not like everything I said, like it was really long, but I think I got to a point where I realized I was going to miss the best weapons because I. Oh, that's opened... right. We didn't talk about that. Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. It's got this really funky system that like no one in the world would ever figure out where there's like. You have to like either open certain chests in the world or not open certain chests in the world. And there's no clue and there's no way to know unless you like read an FAQ. And I think I had um, fucked it up somehow. I had opened something I was, wasn't supposed to or, or vice versa, whatever. 
And once I realized I had screwed myself out of getting the best weapons, I, it really put a damper on things. And I'm like, oh, forget it. I don't want to play this anymore. Like, why the fuck would you fuck me like that? That's stupid. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to explain what it is. It's not chest. It's called licenses. I don't know what it was, but it's something where you can screw yourself over. No, I'm telling you. Let me tell you because I just yeah, played yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are yeah, these right. licenses, and you get a license to be a type of warrior or a, 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 a rogue or a wizard. And if the, you don't have the right license and the right skill tree on that license, you can't even use those weapons. I think that's what you're talking about. No, that is different. Really? No, no there are there are the best weapons in the game. Everybody has one like ultimate weapon, right? And you have to do very, very specific things in order for that weapon to be available for you. Oh. And some of those things are literally like, it's like, I, I totally remember this. It's like, a, it's like a treasure chest you come across like really early in the game, like 10 hours in the game. If you open that chest, and there would be literally no reason on earth why you wouldn't open that chest. There's nothing that says, hey, you might not want to open this one. Or like, hey, be patient. Something good will come to you later. Like nothing. It's just a fucking chest in the middle of nowhere. What? Why would you not open it? You open that chest. You fucked yourself out of the fucking best weapon. And I was like, I was like 20 hours past that. So there was no way for me to load a save. Jeez. Couldn't go back. And once I did that, I was like, oh, man, fuck you and fuck the horse you rode in on. Um, that's that's shitting on your players and being really fucking cheap and just really disrespectful. Yeah. Um, that's, that was the thing that pushed me over the edge. If that hadn't happened. Yes, yes, yes. It's coming back to me now. I probably would have finished it, but between being, you know, needing a break from 40 hours and that getting fucked over. Yeah. I get that it. just really pushed me over the side. It's funny. Cause I, I also didn't like the licenses though myself because it, it seemed like, again, a different change of pace for a final fantasy game where you literally can't, even if you like bought or found a weapon, you can't use it unless you have the right license for it, uh, or you can't write. You can't wear the right armor unless you have the license for it. So that one, that, that that part bothered me a little bit. But that sounds like an extreme version of it. Then with the with the chests. You, if you're gonna play this game, you need to look that up like immediately. I know. I'm you already. Pa- I out. hope yeah. I didn't already open it. Fuck. You might have already opened it, dude. You might be too late already. You might have fucked yourself over. So. Anyways, Jack. I still think it's a good game. An interesting callback to go back. to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I liked it. I liked it except for that. That yeah. was terrible. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, one final thing, and then we're going to bounce here. We talked a little bit about Lake before, but oh, I've yeah. really, I have really uh, dove into it lately. You jumped into the lake? Jumped into Lake lately. Uh, you know, it's been on my radar for a million uh, years. This is a game about a woman who is a high-powered computer programmer in the big city. She, Her dad is a postman. He wants to go on vacation, so you agree to go take over his postal route while he's on vacation. It gets you out of the city. It gets you to this idyllic beautiful little town out in the woods. Of course, there's a giant lake um, that the town is built around. And so you end up driving around the lake like a whole bunch. Really small town, uh, like very cute, couple shops, couple houses. It's just teeny tiny, like really nice. Um, So I wanted to play this a long time ago uh, because I think the idea of being a postal carrier is interesting. I have played Death Stranding twice and I really like delivering packages (laughs) for some reason. So here's, here's another delivery game. Uh, but I didn't play it at the time because I heard a lot of people saying it ran really rough. Like it had a lot of technical issues. And in fact, you played this, right, Carlos? Yeah, and the demo d- had some issues, pretty big issues yeah. in the beginning. Did you play the full game or just the demo? I just played the demo, and I but I, I spent a lot of time in it, so I'm not sure if I'm, I went farther than you or you went farther than me already. But All right. I'm like I'm like eight, eight or ten like in-game days of delivering the mail so far. So I don't know how far that is, but I've, I've put a pretty good amount of time I, into it. I didn't know it's a short game. I think you've delivered more mail than I did. 
Probably so. It's a, you know, so I, so I, I waited until it got patched. I heard it was patched. I heard it was running better. So I jumped in because I really just needed something chill to play right now. And, and it is very chill. I like that a lot. I mean, you get to this town and I got to be honest, dude, like, um, you know, we kind of mentioned this here and there. We alluded to it several times, but like the world is a colossal dumpster fire right now. We're not going to dive into this, but like, there's so much wrong with the world. There's so much wrong globally. There's so much wrong nationally. There's so much wrong locally. I mean, I just, I'm losing sleep. It's like stressful shit's going wrong on planet earth. Okay. So like a game like Lake where you go to this small town, no one's mad. No one's got guns. No one's sick. It's beautiful. And your job is fucking simple. You just drive this truck around and you drop off letters in a box and no one complains that you're late or no one complains that you made a mistake. It's like the most gentle, easygoing, like laid back, low. You can take as much time as you want. There's no clock to deliver the mail. You can take all day to deliver one fucking letter if you want to, and no one gets upset about it. I mean, well, so, the customer might get upset about it, or the, the person you're delivering the letter. No one gets upset they about don't it. Care. No one cares. Literally no one cares. It doesn't matter. So that, in that sense, I find this game to be exactly what I needed, right? Like I needed like a little micro safe space to just get a moment's peace for my brain for my heart, for my soul, because there's just too much shit going on in the world right now. And that's exactly what it is, which I think is great. Um, I'm playing this game and like, all I think about is like, Oh my God, if this was a real place, I would totally move here and I would hide from the world and just be out in the woods and fish for trout and drive a mail truck. I would totally do that. Like in a heartbeat. Right. Um, so that's really good. I think the main character is likable. Um, I like her voice actor. I think that her, you can play her a number of different ways, right? That in the dialogue, you can play her as, I'm glad to be here in this small town. You can play her as I'm annoyed to be here because I'm from a big city. You can, you can play her as I don't know how I feel. So I like the options. It's not like super deep, but you have a lot of options and the people that you meet, there's not a ton of them, but you can also like, you know, be nice to them or kind of be rude to them and kind of like guide the way that the discussions go, which I think is really neat. I like that a lot. Um, you have options too. I think there's a very clear uh, lesbian romance that you can engage in if you want to. There's a straight romance you can do if you want to, or you can do no romance. So that's a nice option as well. I like I like it very much. I I only playing maybe like two in-game days a day because you know all you're doing is delivering mail and talking to people. Like it can get kind of repetitive after a while. But I think it's probably best played that way. Like you jump in, deliver a little a couple letters, deliver a couple packages, you talk to a couple folks, and then you like put it away for a day. You come back the next day feels fresh again. So I think it's good in short bursts. Um, I like it a lot, although I will say that even now, six months after release or a year after release or whatever it's been, um, still very rough. And I really wish the developers um, would just give it some more polish. It feels like it just needs like $500,000 more or something or whatever, whatever it is. And just get this thing like really humming, right? Like um, the AI of the driving is not great. Uh, people kind of disappear sometimes. I was driving. Uh, I saw a guy crossing the street. I stopped to let him cross the street because I didn't want to hit him. He walked in front of my car and then he vanished. Well, he just like went away. I know, but that's like every freaking open world game ever. I mean, kind of, but this is like a teeny tiny, really, really small game. I mean, yeah, it's like, know. you know, and uh, like there's some pop in. There's some weird physics that happen sometimes. The The weirdest thing is like, when you're doing a side quest for somebody like, so for example, uh, there's this lady and she's like, Hey, I got a VCR. Will you please deliver this VCR to somebody? You're like, okay, cool. Totally improper use of the mail truck, but yeah, I'll do that for you. Um, so she gives you the VCR, you get in your truck, you drive off 
And I'm like, okay, well, I got to deliver the VCR to the far side of the lake. And along the way, I've got like three letters in a package to deliver. No problem. I'm going to go boom, boom, boom. Going to hit those on the way. Going to finish my route with the VCR at the very end and come back. What happens is you take the VCR, you go to deliver the mail, and you still got the VCR in your fucking hand. And so you try to give somebody their mail, and you're handing them a fucking VCR because oh. it's glued to your hand. And it's like, dude, can we not have left the VCR in the truck? Like, what's going on? Like, and little things like that, right? Or like you, um, sometimes certain things will just not be available if they want you to do a side quest. You can't go, do, you can't deliver the mail because they want you to do this thing. And it's like, just let me, let me do what I want to do, right? Let me, let me deliver the mail on the way. And, Cause otherwise you're driving all the way there. You do your thing and then you got to go like circle back. And I don't want to do that. Right. Or uh, like the truck, the mail truck itself, they didn't even model the inside of the truck. You open the back door of the truck. It's like a flat surface. And I'm like, dude, you knew we were going to be opening the back of this truck a thousand times in this game because this truck this game is all about delivering packages yeah of course i'm going to open the truck why did you not model the inside of the truck it's just like a flat unshaded surface it's like what's going on here like i don't even understand there's no uh, is, is it like okay but like nitpicking aside um and i and i pick these nits because it kind of takes you out of the experience right like you want to just chill you want to be in this vibe this zone but then little weird things like this happen and you're like, ugh, it's like rough and kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but even with all that stuff said, I really like it a lot. I love the chillness of it. The, the There's no sharp edges to this game. There's nothing aggro. No one yells. There's no guns, no violence. And that's exactly what I need right now. So I'm really liking it from that angle. I will definitely finish this game. Um, and so far, even with the little nits I picked, definitely a thumbs up for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, it's uh, I overuse this in the podcast nowadays, but meditative experience. Yes, absolutely. And, absolutely. Uh, and then like what you're saying is why you're, you're so focused on those smaller things is because they do take you out of that experience. Um, yeah. When I was playing the demo, I think I mentioned this on the show, but I was, you know, having a really good time. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I went to get out of my van and it went into first person mode. Which and it's not supposed it's not to supposed to do that. It's a third person game. And I was stuck in it, but also like at a bad angle, you know, and I the only way I yeah. got out of it was getting back in the truck. And then it when I got out of it again, it was back to normal. So but yeah, those things can, you know, stop the experience. So uh but the, you know, games can have patches. So hopefully they oh, yeah, do a couple. Sure. They should do a couple more, but even with all those bugs and weirdness and obvious like shortcuts and stuff, I mean uh, I'm sure it's probably a small team and probably no one wanted to risk money on a game like this because who wants to play a game like this? But man, I dig this game. I think it's really, really cool. I think it's a great companion piece to Death Stranding. They're wildly different, and yet they also have a lot in common, which I think is really interesting. Um, and I wonder if like mail delivery is going to be like the next new genre that we're all going to flock to because it's like this nice escape from the real world. I mean, I don't know. But I'm digging it. I like Lake a lot, and I would definitely recommend it. I is it on Game Pass? It might be on Game Pass. It was. I don't know if it still is, but yeah. It was, It's, it's yeah. such an affordable price, though, I think, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, it's definitely a thumbs up. I dig Lake, for sure. And it reminds me of Good Life as well, by the way, in the fact that... Yeah. Did you ever start yep. that or no? No, I downloaded it. I have it. I own it, and uh, I kickstarted it, but I need to start it. I have not actually played Let's it. Let's talk about it maybe next week if you do, because um, that is the same type of thing where I go in for a little while and do some stuff and a little town and upload some pictures to the internet and then which is in the game yeah and then i stopped playing for a while you know uh the only difference is in that game you can turn it to animals so there you go that's quite plus cats yeah. plus cats there you go all right that is going to do it for the show that is our coverage uh yeah gonna wrap it up i think uh thank you all very much for listening as always love to get your questions and comments 
hit us up so video games podcast at gmail.com we're on twitter at so video games we're also on tiktok yes yeah i gotta get back to that sorry everybody um just had a very very as, as brad likes to say hectic life um but recently had so many different things because i'm uh, interviewing with like eight million companies so but yes tiktok will be coming back at some point here very soon yes absolutely uh and in the meantime until tiktok is back you can reach us individually or i guess you can just forget tiktok altogether and just come straight to us carlos where can we direct your personal traffic this week uh yeah i mean you can go back to tiktok <laughs> <laughs> um the the my sketches are, are kind of like i'm um, sorry excuse me i uh make a bunch of them and then kind of put them all out at once uh or different days so yeah carlos Rodello on tiktok but also just on twitter o-n-a-w-a all right as for me same as it always is it's on twitter it's on instagram it's my name b-r-a-d-g-a-l-l-a-w-a-y all a's no o's and this is going to do it for episode 267 once again thank you for joining us here on the so video games podcast and we'll see you next friday but in the meantime this is bye from brad and this is Carlos is going to go download Eternal Radiance and Neon Abyss from Carlos.